Hey everybody, welcome home. You are watching Legacy Television. We're so thankful, honored that you tuned into the broadcast today. You know, anytime you choose to put God's word in your life and make the determination that by his grace, by the help of his spirit, you're going to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Anytime you make that choice is a good time. Anytime you choose to set his word first place, that's honoring God. And he made a promise and he said, if you honor me, I will honor you. So today I want you just to not, not just to watch this broadcast in sort of passive listening. I don't want you just to watch it or listen to it like you're checking a box. I want you to watch it. I want you to pay attention to it. And all the while, I want you thinking and realizing I'm honoring God by putting his word first and he's about to honor me. He's about to honor you. Honor you with what? Whatever it is you need. Revelation, insight, wisdom. You need some understanding. You need some healing in your body. You need some provision in your life. Honor God. He'll honor you. Father, we honor you today. We worship and praise you. You are so good. You're so kind and faithful to us. And we pray, Father, today more than anything that what you are, may it be found in us. We want to be faithful with your faithfulness, kind with your kindness, gracious with your grace your mercy, your compassion. May all of it be found in us today. Give us eyes that see Jesus when we look into the word. Give us ears that hear the voice of our good shepherd. Give us hearts that understand who we are in him, who he is in us. And we'll be quick to give you all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to continue on with uh, the series we began last week. And we'll just go as long as the Lord leads us in this, but I'm stirred up about it. I'm stirred up. I said, I'm stirred up. You got to get stirred up. And the reason I say that is because that's what we're looking at, uh, looking at here in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read to you again what Paul said to Timothy when he wrote to him in verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Let me take just a moment right here and add this. This is what so stood out to Paul about Timothy. This is what caught his attention. This is what kept Paul in prayer and thanksgiving over Timothy out of his own mouth, night and day. It was the genuine faith that he found in him. You know, you and I need to be very, very watchful over what we allow to impress us about other people. You need to be watchful over what you look at in somebody else's life that causes you to think something of them, think highly of them. Be watchful over what you allow to impress you about anybody else because what should impress us is genuine faith. What should catch our attention, what should motivate us in relationship with people thinking, oh yeah, I can, I can be something with this person. I can get something done with them. I, I'm safe in a relationship with this person. Let the Holy Spirit show you what he sees. Let him help you identify when you come across genuine faith because it ain't everywhere. I will tell you that. Genuine. That means authentic. That's the real deal. 
If there's genuine faith, then you know there's such thing as fake faith. Ungenuine, disgenuine, whatever the right word is there. You know what I'm saying, something that's not real. You want the real thing found in you, and that's what you want in the people around you, people of genuine faith. And Paul said, I'm calling to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother, also in your mother. I'm persuaded, he said, it's in you also. Therefore, verse six, I remind you to stir up the gift. That's what I said to you today. I'm stirred up. I said, I'm stirred up. You got to say it out loud right now too. Say, I'm stirred up. You got to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, he said, through the laying on of my hands. Last week on our broadcast, we talked about what this word stir up means. It's the Greek word anazopereo. And it's the only time it shows up in the New Testament. One time this word is used. And I don't know if maybe Paul made this word up. I I don't know. But you really, to understand it, you got to break it up into the three words that it's made up of. Ana, that word just means up. Or you could say again. You're on one level here and then you go up again and again and again. That's what the word ana means, again. Zo and a zo, that's the root word for zoe. And you know what that is, life. Zoe is the life, the very God kind of life. The word pereo, this is the interesting one, is the root word for the word fire. Fire. You recognize that, don't you? Pereo, pyro. You've ever known a pyromaniac? Stay away from that guy. That's somebody who's just a little too into fire. That's somebody who's really got fire on the brain. Well, that's kind of the word Paul's using here, talking to him about fire. So when you put these three words together, uh, again, life, fire, you understand what Paul was saying to him. He said, Timothy, I'm reminding you to stir up the gift or put life in the fire again. You got to put life in the fire again. What fire is he talking about? Well, he said the gift. You got to stir up the gift. And like we said last week on the broadcast, the word gift is the Greek word charisma. And if you look at the root word of that, you see the word charis, which just simply means grace. And I like the translation of the word charisma to gift because that's what grace is. It's a gift. And really, anytime you see, as you're studying the New Testament especially, anytime you see the word gift or giving or given or anything along those lines, there's one word that ought to come to your mind immediately and it's the word grace because that's what grace is. You learn to identify grace as anything that comes as a gift from God to you through Jesus. That's grace. How did your salvation come? Did you earn it? No. Could you earn it? No. It came to you as a gift. Now, how did that gift come? Who's it from? It's from God. Who's the gift to? It's to you. Yeah, but how did it get there? Through Jesus. That's what makes it grace. Learn to identify grace in scripture as anything that comes as a gift from God to you through Jesus. Your salvation, it's all grace, baby. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. What is that? That's a gift. That's a gift. Who's that gift from? It's a gift from God. Who's the gift of the Holy Spirit to? It's to you. Yeah, but how did it get there? Through Jesus. Therefore, the gift of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is the grace of God towards you. How's your healing come? 
as a gift from God to you through Jesus? How's your prosperity come as a gift from God to you through Jesus? It's all grace. It's all grace. And when Paul wrote to Timothy and he reminded him to stir up, put life in the fire again, the New Living Translation, we can put this on the screen. It says, fan into flames the spiritual gift of God that's in you. He's talking to him about a fire that for whatever reason had begun to die out, to die down, and now may have been nothing more than just smoldering coals. And Paul's writing to this man and he said, Timothy, it's in you, man. There's genuine faith in there. There's grace in there. There's a gift in you. And I'm reminding you, stir it up. This is the reason we said on last week's broadcast, every living thing has got to be fed. In order for it to stay alive, it's got to be fed. Things that don't get fed starve. And when they starve, they die. Any living thing that doesn't get fed is dying. And that includes the grace and the gift, the assignment of God on your life. It's got to be fed. You've got to feed this thing. And for whatever reason, Timothy had allowed this thing to die out. Now, verse six is what God has given him, that gift, that grace. Verse seven is what God has not given him. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us that spirit of timidity, other translations say. Timidity, fear, fear of man, that is like pouring a bucket of cold water on your fire. And Paul is saying, hey, that's not from God. Evidently, Timothy struggled with that. Like many of us have, struggled with fear, struggled with shyness and timidity. And even right now, you know, our, our, our little boy, Justice, he's seven years old. He's not really wrestling with this. <laughs> he's just kind of all out there, man. I mean, he's just never met a stranger, shakes hands. How are you? Nice to see you. He's a hugger and he hugs perfect strangers sometimes. We kind of have to work on it a little bit. Jesse, on the other hand, our little girl, while she's at home, totally outgoing, life of the party. And I have literally described her as somebody with a fire in her belly. It's interesting, though, when we get outside our comfort zone, so to speak, outside the house, we go to drop her off at school, and she's been going to school every day there now, weeks, months. This is now her second year at the school she's at, and every morning, the same thing. She kind of turns inward and holds on to mom, holds on to dad, and she just gets shy all of a sudden around the people she sees every single day. And you think about that, and it's like, oh, well, you know, that's okay, kids. They kind of, they can get shy. Let me tell you something. We're not letting that hang around in our house. And I strongly encourage you, don't let it hang around in yours either. Why? Because timidity is not a gift from God. We don't want even a little of that. So we're working with her all the time, all the time. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be shy about. These people love you. These are your friends. What are we trying to do? We're trying to stir up something in her. That fire that burns at home, that for whatever reason between the car in the parking lot of the school and the front door of the classroom dies out. No, we're trying to feed that thing. We want that alive and well. 
on the inside of her. I want it alive and well on the inside of me. So we've got to find out what it is that tries to put the fire out. You need to identify these things in your life. When Paul wrote to Timothy here in 2 Timothy, he's talking to him about his gift. This is not the first time. This is not the first time Paul had to bring this up with this young guy. As a matter of fact, if you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4, you see Paul talking to him about it again in verse 12. He wrote to him and said, let no one despise your youth. So Timothy's a young guy. And we've used this scripture a lot. I was a youth pastor and I used it a lot when I was preaching to teenagers. But the truth is, there's a kind of a bit of discrepancy when the Bible talks about youth and how we think about youth. This word youth was used to describe somebody who was maybe almost 40 years old. So I told you on last week's broadcast, I kind of identify with this guy. Here I am sitting in front of you in my later 30s, pushing 40. I feel like I'm there right now, you know? And Paul's writing to him. He says, don't let anybody despise your youth. That word despise just means to think lightly of, to take lightly. How do you fight that? You be an example to the believers. Other translations say you be an example of a believer. You be an example of a believer in your words, in your conduct, in your love, in your spirit, in your faith, in your purity. I think it's interesting that Paul wrote to him and said, don't let anybody look down on you. And then the way he told him to fix that was not barge into the office on Monday morning and say, you know, I got a letter from Paul. Y'all have to be nice to me now. That was not the fix to this situation. The fix to this, the fix to people looking down on you the fix to people looking down on Timothy and not treating him seriously, taking him lightly, the fix to all of that was in the way he lived his life. You be an example. Why? Because people can argue all day long with your age. They can argue all day long with your experience. They can argue all day long with your, with your uh, words, but they can't argue with your life. They can't argue with the fruit in your life. They can't argue with God's involvement in your life and showing himself strong to you and through you. Nobody's going to argue with that. So be an example, he said, in your words, your conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith and purity. He said, till I get there, till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation and doctrine. Give attention, he said, to these things, to reading, exhortation and doctrine. In other words, Timothy, you're too distracted. You're giving your attention to things that have nothing to do with the gift. You're giving too much attention to things that are not feeding the fire. So till I get there, Paul's saying, look, I'll come. I'll straighten this stuff out. But until I get there, you give your attention back to the things that fuel the fire. And when the fire is in you to be a preacher like this guy is, to be a pastor, to be a minister, to be a servant of others, then when that's the fire, how do you feed it? With the word. You read the word. And then he said, you give attention to reading, to exhortation. What's exhortation? Man, that's preaching the word. 
And he said, you give attention to the doctrine. So that's reading the word, preaching the word, and making sure you're reading and preaching the right thing. Focus, he said. How do you and I fuel the fire that's in us? We focus on the things that feed it. And we don't get distracted by the things that put it out. And in this case, what was putting out Timothy's fire? It was the dissenting opinions of other people. And this was not just persecution from outside the church. This was persecution from other elders in the church. There were people that thought Timothy was too young to be in the position he was in. There were, there were elders that said, who were much older than Timothy, who basically said, you're Paul's favorite. You got put here because he likes you. And they didn't like that. But instead of arguing with all of it, Paul just told him, stop paying all the attention to that. Start paying attention to the fire that's in you. Fuel that thing and let those flames burn bright again. Who's going to argue with that? Till I get there, give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. This is what I want you to see. Verse 14. Do not neglect the gift. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Exact same gift in 1 Timothy that he talked to him about is what he talked to him about in 2 Timothy. Here's Timothy. Here's a young guy called by God, anointed by God, and Paul sees it and Probably a lot of other people see it too. But you want to know one person that struggled to recognize the call and the grace on Timothy's life? Timothy. Timothy obviously wrestled with accepting and acknowledging the grace that was on his life, the gift that was in him, the fire that was supposed to burn in him. And Paul had to write to him. We've already seen more than one occasion where he had to write to him and said, stop neglecting the gift. You see it here in verse 14 where it says, do not neglect it. The Weiss translation, other translations of the Bible bring out the fact that these words do not are some of the strongest prohibitive words in the Greek language. It could have and maybe even should have been translated like this. Stop it. Stop it. Timothy, stop neglecting the gift. Now, I don't know if it was difficult for Paul to convey tone with parchment and ink. I don't know that they had little emojis that they could put in their letters to one another, but I guarantee you, Timothy got the message loud and clear. Stop. Stop neglecting the gift. What's he saying to him? All the time you spend uh, obsessed with other people's opinions, all the time you spend thinking about and talking about the naysayers and the, like I said a moment ago, the dissenting opinions, those who don't approve of you, those who don't feed the fire in you. Every moment you spend giving attention to that is a moment you are spending neglecting the gift that's in you. We've already said, what happens to things that are neglected? They die. What happens to things that are ignored? that don't get fed, they die. They go away. Any living thing, in order for it to stay alive, must be fed. And the fire, the grace of God that's resident within you right now is a very living thing, but it's got to be fed. 
And in order to feed it, you can't neglect it. You can't ignore it. Stop neglecting the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Verse 15, notice this, meditate on these things. Timothy, you've been meditating, thinking about all the wrong stuff. And what you've been meditating on is not feeding the fire. What, could I say these things to you? Is perhaps the Holy Spirit speaking the exact same thing to you right now? About your own passion? About your own enthusiasm for the things of God? Is he saying to you, look, it's in there and it can burn bright, but it's not. You're not feeding it. You're spending too much time thinking about what you're not and what other people have said you're not and, and the bad hand you got dealt and all these things that are stacked up against you when you should be feeding the very grace that would sustain you through all of that. How are you going to get through people's opinions? How are you going to get through obstacle? How are you going to get through challenge after challenge after challenge? If all you do is meditate the challenge, then it's dousing the fire. It's putting it out. But the very grace you need to sustain you all the way through it isn't being fed. You got to feed it. You got to feed it. How do you feed it? Meditate on these things, he said. Give your thoughts to this. I like this right here. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. That's what you've got to do with the call of God on your life. That may or may not be a call to ministry. It may or may not be a call that looks a lot like what I'm sitting here doing with you right now, but there is a call. There is a grace. There is a gift, and it's in you right now. But the only way you and I are ever going to walk in the things of God and the things that he's assigned us to is if we give ourselves to him. You got to go, as they say, all in. Just get neck deep in the things of God and the call of God and the assignment of God and help and, and learn to lean on the help of the Holy Spirit to help you identify those things that are causing you to neglect your gift. I'll tell you this story before we go. Got just a couple of seconds left. A year and a half, maybe closer to two years ago now, we gathered as a staff right here in this room where I'm sitting talking to you right now for the first day of television shooting for Legacy Television. And man, we were excited about it. These lights were on, these cameras were rolling. We were gathered here as a team and everybody's excited about it. Because, why? Because we were finally going to do the thing, the thing that God had asked us to do. And it was an awesome day here at Legacy Studios. We were all thrilled about it. But I remember before that day closed out, I remember looking into the eyes of all our staff and saying this, there is nothing that will try to drain your passion quite so much as repetition. Repetition will try to drain you of the things you're passionate about. In other words, we're getting ready to start television, but you know what? This is not something you do once and you're done. We do this week in and week out and week in and week out. And the further we progress towards doing a daily television broadcast, that's the thing about daily TV. It's just so daily. And that thing you used to be passionate about, just through the natural repetition of it, you can get fleshy and, and, and carnally speaking, you get worn out, you get tired of doing it. But that's when you got to go stir up that gift by faith. And maybe you are in ministry or maybe you're doing the thing you know God's called you to do, but you're not as passionate about it as you used to be. 
that fire's died out. Listen, I'm telling you today, stir it up by faith. Go back and pour some fuel on those fires. And even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, say it out loud. I am passionate about the things of God. I am excited about his call on my life. And I will give myself entirely to his plan and to his pursuit. Stir up the gift. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.